Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christmas is the season of giving, but it can be difficult to know who on your list wants what. Save yourself the guesswork by giving the gift of choice. Whether you're buying for the foodie, fashionista, or homebird of the family, they'll love a Dunstores gift card. They can choose from everything we have in store and online, from fashion to homewares to groceries. It's the perfect choice to make this Christmas. Visit dunstores.com for details. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Life's full of things we can't depend on, like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on. See CertaIreland.ie Hungerford is a historic market town in Berkshire, England. The Canada Avon Canal passes through the town alongside the River Dunn. You can watch the narrow boats cruise up and down the waterways when you're in town for one of their many antique shops or fairs. Michael Ryan was a quiet loner when he was a kid, so he pretended to be a military-trained survivalist as an adult. When that didn't bring him the respect he was looking for, he grabbed his guns and set out to kill as many people as he could. This is Monsters. The Savernac Forest is a private forest in Wiltshire, England. It's open to the public most of the year and is a great place to have a picnic on a warm August day. Sue Godfrey and her two children, four-year-old Hannah and two-year-old James, drove to the forest to enjoy a picnic amongst the towering birch trees. Then they would go to Sue's grandmother's house to celebrate her 95th birthday. Sue stopped at the Golden Arrow service station to fill her car with fuel and then continued on to the Savernac Forest. She parked on the main road that ran through the forest and set up the picnic. The kids enjoyed their lunch, and while they ate, Hannah noticed a silver Vauxhall Astra pull up near her mother's car. After they finished eating, Sue started loading the picnic supplies when she saw a man get out of the Astra and begin walking toward her. The man pointed a Beretta 9mm pistol at Sue and told her to put her children in the car. After she buckled them in, he marched her into the woods and laid out the blanket that Sue had brought for the picnic. Authorities would later say that they believed that his intentions was to sexually assault Sue, but she might have tried to run away and was shot ten times in the back. She fell onto a wire fence where she was shot three more times. Hannah heard the shots and then saw the man run out of the woods, get into his car, and speed away. Myra Rose had spent about an hour in the forest reading a book. When she got up to walk the rest of the way back home, two kids approached her and told her, A man in black has just shot our mummy. 
The claim seemed rather unbelievable. Myra hadn't heard any shots, and the children seemed unusually calm for the situation. Hannah told her they were going to walk home, but Myra wasn't about to let two young children wander off into the forest. She walked with them for a little while, trying to find their mother, but with no success, she took them to the local police station. After fleeing the forest, the gunman drove to the Golden Arrow service station, the same one Sue had stopped at just hours prior. Like Sue, the attendant, Kacob Dean, was familiar with this customer as well. He was a regular named Michael Ryan. She said he would come in every other day to buy four or five pounds worth of fuel. Then he would lay down his credit card to be charged without saying a word. When the attendant finished the transaction, she would say thank you, but he wouldn't respond. He would just take his card and receipt and leave. She said he always seemed rather strange. That day, however, Michael filled the tank of his car and then filled a 5-liter can which cost more than 17 pounds total. Instead of going directly to the register to pay, he went to the back of his car and began digging around in the trunk. He was stalling for time, waiting for another customer to leave the station. When they did, he pulled out a semi-automatic rifle, aimed it right at Kekob, and fired through the glass. She managed to duck just in time and the bullet flew past her, ricocheted off the wall, and went into the ceiling. Frustrated, the gunman walked into the store where Kekob was lying down behind the counter. She begged Michael to spare her life. Please don't, she pleaded, but like always, he said nothing. He got closer, aimed the rifle point-blank at the woman, and squeezed the trigger. Click. He attempted to clear the rifle and squeeze the trigger again. Click. Four or five times he tried to shoot Kiko, but he wasn't able to. It turned out that the magazine had come out of the rifle while it was in the trunk of the car. There was only one round, the one in the chamber, when he fired at the attendant the first time. Being unsuccessful at killing the attendant, Michael got back into his car and drove away. Keiko was the first person to dial 999 and report a shooting that day. Once police were notified, they headed to the service station where they assumed they would be investigating an armed robbery. Michael drove to 4 Southview Avenue in Hungerford, the house he lived at with his mother. A neighbor said she saw him arrive at about 12.45 p.m. and that he looked aggravated. She knew Michael well as it was the house he had always lived in. Michael was born on May 18, 1960 to Alfred and Dorothy Ryan. Alfred was 55 years old when he finally had his first and only child. Alfred worked as an inspector for the local government while Dorothy worked at the Elcott Park Hotel as a waitress. Michael was described as a spoiled child who got everything he wanted. Dorothy, so delighted to finally have a child, doted on him and he wanted for nothing, from toys as a child to cars as an adult. As a child, Michael developed a strong attachment to a popular toy called Action Man, a commando-style action figure. The boy may have gravitated toward this character as a fantasy to escape his own life. At school, the other students saw him as moody and they just left him alone. He eventually became the target of bullies due to his small size. He began dreaming of being the type of tough person who was a soldier in the military highly trained and able to stand up for himself. Hating school, Michael wanted to drop out, but his father was against it. When he was 16 years old, he convinced Alfred to let him leave high school and enroll in the Newbury College of Further Education, which he started out well enough, but eventually fell back into a pattern of withdrawn behavior and poor grades. 
When he left that school, he decided to change his image so he was no longer the timid, shy loner that everyone saw him as. He bought himself a camouflage jacket and began boasting that he had once been a member of the 2nd Parachute Regiment. He made sure to walk with his head up and his chest out to put out the appearance of a member of the military. He began collecting weapons such as old military swords and once owned a Tommy gun. Michael began working as a laborer in construction and his co-workers would say he was obsessed with combat and survival, but he was too afraid to even go up a ladder on the job sites. In his free time, he would go out into the Savernac Forest, build survival shelters and sneak up on picnickers while dressed in camouflage. Other times, he would spend in the garden shed where he stored his ever-growing collection of firearms. He would clean and polish them before taking a few shots at tin cans in his backyard. Then he would go back into the shed and clean and polish them again. Neighbors said that Michael would use airsoft guns to shoot at birds and trees as well as taking the occasional shot at the neighborhood children. In 1984, Alfred died after a long battle with cancer. Michael was close with his father and his death hit him hard. He fell into a depression at first, but relatives said his father's death eventually brought Michael out of his shell. He became more outgoing and soon he announced to the family that he was engaged. It was a complete 180 degree change in Michael as far as the family could see, but try as they might, they would never meet his mystery fiancée. That's because she didn't exist. Michael wasn't getting more outgoing as much as he was becoming more outgoing with his lies. He had also told people that he had become friends with a 95-year-old retired colonel who was the employer of his so-called fiancée. This colonel was going to buy Michael a Ferrari and pay for him to take flying lessons. He explained that the colonel was going to leave him his entire fortune as well as a five-bedroom house. Like Michael's fiancée, the colonel also didn't exist. Michael's firearms were all legal. He had gotten a shotgun license in 1978 and then a permit to own two pistols in 1986. The second permit gave him permission to use the pistols at a local target shooting facility. After his father's death, his acquisition of firearms seemed to increase in frequency. He sold one of his pistols and bought two others, as well as purchasing two semi-automatic rifles. His permit was always updated to reflect his current arsenal of weapons. By the time of the shooting, Michael was permitted to possess eight firearms, a Beretta 9mm pistol, a Zabala shotgun, a Browning shotgun, a Bernadelli 22 caliber pistol, a CZ Orso self-loading 32 caliber pistol, an Underwood M1 carbine 30 caliber rifle, and a Norinco Type 65, which is the Chinese version of a Soviet-made AK-47 7.62mm semi-automatic rifle. At one of the last jobs that Michael held, he insisted on carrying a pistol on him at all times for protection. The supervisor wasn't happy with it, and he was proven right when one day, after other members of the crew were making jokes at Michael's expense, he threatened to shoot them all. Then he brought in some homemade rockets that he had built and showed them off to his co-workers, which almost damaged some nearby houses. Michael was quickly fired. At the beginning of July 1987, Michael went on unemployment and began frequenting the gun club where he was a member. Then he joined a second gun club and began shooting there. On August 18th, Michael made his final visit to the gun club to shoot his rifles. He had spent most of the month of August so far aligning the sights and practicing his aim. 
these would be the final preparations for Michael's rampage the following day. After one murder and one attempted murder, the troubled man returned home. The house was empty due to his mother being in a job interview. He poured out the contents of the 5-liter fuel can throughout the house. He already had three firearms and his survival kit in the car. It contained tactical pants, a respirator, a balaclava, first aid kit, earmuffs, a NATO poncho, and a shoulder holster. Inside the house, Michael put on a camouflage flak vest, shot and killed his black lab, and lit the house on fire. It's unclear what his plan was if he'd been able to leave in his car. Was he going on the run? Was he going to travel somewhere else specific to carry out an attack? It's something we'll never know, because when Michael got back into his Vauxhall Astra GTE, it wouldn't start. It was actually a nice car, but Michael just hadn't taken proper care of it. He had been driving it for about a year and managed to wear the tires down so they were nearly bald. In a rage, he jumped out of the driver's seat and fired five shots into the vehicle. Because, you know, that'll fix it. He grabbed his supplies out of the trunk and walked around to the back of his house. Roland Mason loved to tend to his garden and he kept his yard in good order. That day, he was outside creosoting his fence just two houses down from the Ryan's house. Without hesitation, Michael took aim and fired six shots into Roland's back, killing him. He then took aim at Roland's wife, Sheila, and fired once, killing her with a single shot to the head. He turned his attention to neighbor Marjorie Jackson, who was inside of her house, but he spotted her through the window and fired, hitting her in the back. She managed to get behind a table as Michael ran back and forth on the road, shooting into her home. Soon, another neighbor, 77-year-old Dorothy Smith, yelled out her window for Michael to stop making so much racket. She told him he was frightening everybody. Dorothy had no idea what was actually going on and had no idea that Michael was killing people. She had just made herself his next target. We'll be right back. You hear that sound? That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so startups, upstarts, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps, from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Go to shopify.com forward slash monsters, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com forward slash monsters right now. Shopify.com forward slash monsters. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to. 
We signed up for so many subscriptions during the pandemic that it was confusing to remember what we had once we were back out of the house. I used Truebill to get them organized and cancel the ones we didn't use anymore. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com forward slash thisismonsters. Go right now, Truebill.com forward slash thisismonsters. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com forward slash thisismonsters. When Dorothy Smith yelled out of her window for Michael to quit making so much noise, he turned and stared blankly at his neighbor. She would later say that despite knowing him for 20 years, he was almost unrecognizable in that moment. Instead of raising his rifle and firing at the woman, he turned and began running away from his home. Nobody knows why Michael chose to shoot at some people and not others, but Dorothy escaped his deadly wrath that day. Michael didn't seem to care about age because when he stumbled onto some children playing, he shot 14-year-old Lisa Mildenhall. As she saw him running up the street, she stopped and recognized her neighbor. As he stopped, knelt, and aimed the rifle at her, she thought he was playing. She assumed it wasn't a real rifle. Even after being hit, she said she thought he must have shot her with some sort of fake blood capsule. Michael fired at her, hitting her four times in the legs and abdomen. When she went inside, she asked her mother, Have I been shot? before falling to the floor. Two of the neighbor kids ran back home where they told their mother, Sylvia Pasco, what had happened. Sylvia ran over to the neighboring house and helped stop the bleeding while they waited for an ambulance. Ambulances were not going to be able to make it to the area quickly, though. As more and more calls came into emergency services, police pieced together that there was an active shooter. This caused them to order the ambulances to stay back, since they didn't know where the shooter was. On one hand, they needed to rescue people who were injured, but on the other hand, authorities didn't want the rescue crews to become more victims. Ken Clements was on his way back from walking his dog. He had been warned that someone was shooting, but he thought it was a prank, so him and some other family members went out for a stroll. As they made their way back home, Michael stepped into view and shot Ken. His family all ran and jumped over the fence out of view of the gunman. Ken died in the field as he comforted his dog who had been startled by the gunshots. After Michael left the area, Ken's son would come back and try to rescue his father, but was too late. Roger Brereton was a police constable who heard about the shooting on his radio and he, along with another PC, raced to the scene. They were just traffic officers, so they were unarmed, but their plan was just to block each end of Southview Avenue to try to contain the shooter. They didn't know much more than someone was shooting and at least one person was injured. There were only two lines into the police, and with all of the calls coming in about the shooting, they were having trouble getting information out to the officers quickly. As PC Brereton pulled into Southview, Michael ducked behind a house and as the car got within range, he opened fire. The officer was able to get a call into dispatch saying that he had been shot, but Michael continued to fire into the police vehicle, killing him. He then walked around the car and unloaded both his AK and his Beretta into it. Michael had fired a total of 23 bullets into the vehicle. Right as Michael started running away from the police vehicle, Linda Chapman and her 16-year-old daughter, Allison, were driving toward Hungerford Commons to check on their horses. As they approached Southview, they saw a police car down the road and a man in camouflage clothing was coming toward them. 
They assumed that the man was with the police and were quickly proven wrong when he began firing at them. Bullets came through the body of the Volvo and hit Allison in the leg. Michael then fired through the windshield, hitting Linda in the shoulder. Glass from the windshield flew at Linda and a piece cut her neck. As soon as Michael stopped to reload, Linda managed to put the car in reverse and back out of the area. She got the damaged car to a nearby surgery office and both women were treated. A bullet had gone into Allison's right thigh and traveled into her back, causing permanent damage. Dorothy Ryan was returning home from her job interview when a neighbor flagged her down and told her what was going on. He told her not to go home, but she insisted. She felt like she could talk her son down and end his rampage. She ran to her home, which was now engulfed in flames and spreading to the neighboring houses. When she saw her son, she shouted, Stop! Why are you doing this? He only responded by raising his rifle and squeezing the trigger. Two rounds hit Dorothy and she dropped to the ground. Michael approached her and shot her two more times directly in the back, killing her. Then he walked across the commons toward a playground. There were multiple kids in the playground and they watched as Michael shot a pedestrian walking by. They all ran away and one of them called the police when he got home. Then Michael came across taxi driver Marcus Bernard who was driving into the area to pick up a fare. Not knowing the danger he was driving into, he started driving straight toward Michael, who raised his rifle and sent multiple rounds into the cab, killing Marcus. By this time, police were aware that there were multiple injured and multiple dead, including a police constable. They had linked the shootings in the Savernak Forest and the Golden Arrow Service Station to the gunmen now wreaking havoc in Hungerford. They began calling in all available backup, not just for police, but for medical care as well. They had called for the tactical firearms team earlier, but they were on a training mission in a different area, so it was going to take some time for them to make their way to Hungerford. Other authorities had blocked off roads, doing their best to keep people from entering the area. Some of the ambulances had gone into the area to try to help victims, and two of them took fire from Michael. When the tactical firearms team finally arrived, they began tracking Michael, but they weren't sure where he was. Michael had traveled around Hungerford in a completely random pattern. He went down Southview and cut through the commons. Then he cut through the Memorial Gardens and started walking up Priory Avenue, toward the other side of Southview. He turned left on Terrence Hill and began walking toward High Street, which would have been filled with shoppers that afternoon. Before making it to High Street, though, he took another left and cut over to Priory Road and began walking south. His goal is not known. There were many paths that he could have taken to get away from the area. He could have run out of the area and disappeared, but he wasn't interested in getting away. It seemed that he just wanted to wander the neighborhood and shoot at whoever he could. He didn't shoot everyone, though. He would shoot at some people and let other people live, like Dorothy Smith. He pointed finger guns at one person and just said bang before moving on. This is the ultimate display of power, to walk around deciding who was going to live or die. He could shoot one person and then let the person standing right next to them live. He was telling them, I have the power over whether you live or die. He was now the most powerful person in the area. Finally, Michael went into an unoccupied school and witnesses reported his location to the police. 
As a police helicopter flew over the school, Michael shot at it with the AK. When the officers surrounded the building and confirmed where he was, there was a sense of relief knowing that he wouldn't be hurting any more civilians. Michael had put a white cloth in one of the windows, signaling that he was surrendering. When the authorities opened a dialogue with him, he asked if his mother was okay. They obviously couldn't confirm her condition, but they believed that he knew she was dead and was just trying to minimize what he had done. Then he told them, if only my car had started, none of this would have happened. After firing at the helicopter, Michael had thrown the AK out of the window. When the police asked him what weapons he had, he told them that he had the Beretta 9mm and told them that it was tied to his hand with a lanyard and that it only had one round of ammunition in it. Police tried to get him to leave his weapon and come out of the building, but he stalled. He asked what the casualty figures were, but at the time, there was no way for the tactical firearms team to know that. He said, Hungerford must be a bit of a mess, showing no remorse for what he had just done. He yelled out of the window, asking what time it was, and the police told him it was 6.45 p.m. When they asked him why he wanted to know, he said, I want to think about it. A few minutes later, they heard a gunshot. Michael Ryan had used his Beretta to shoot himself in the head. Police didn't know if that's exactly what had happened. They used mirrors to look into the building and confirmed that Michael was dead. When the killing spree was finally over, Michael Ryan had killed 16 people, not including himself, and had injured 15 more. Because he killed himself, his motive for the rampage will never be known. In 1988, the Firearms Amendment Act was passed by the Parliament of the United Kingdom. It tightens the control on the possession of firearms and outlaws semi-automatic weapons throughout all of the UK. Some people might tell you that an act like this was all set up and staged, often referred to as a false flag, in order to justify imposing gun control. But those people are idiots. Michael Ryan purchased all of his guns legally and didn't have a criminal record. Chances are, if the UK had already had these gun controls in place, Michael would have never had an AK in the first place. After the attack, police communication systems were updated to have separate channels and better coverage. They also updated the 999 emergency system. Michael Ryan had loving parents who gave him everything he wanted, but that wasn't good enough. He couldn't find a way to fit in with the community, so he took it out on them. He brutally murdered any random person he ran into with no regard for their life or the lives of their loved ones. He couldn't fix his own life, so he would make up for it by destroying other people's. And that's what made him a monster. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Talk to your local shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. This website is set up so that at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught seeking help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Thanks so much for letting me tell you this story. If you enjoyed it, subscribe on whatever platform you're on, hit like, rate us, or leave us a comment. 
You can also check out our other show, Somewhere Sinister, on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, check out our new merch at Teespring. The link is in the description. Thanks again, and be safe. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Thoga erid siansig poshtiam fluo oil agus a thoig dini fasta. Rota jetak a vay in a chushkinish kumkushik. Togat Poshte is a Ravlin or a Shachmlin a Dirk Dish, and on a vaccine flu Shrona Oil Serenashka. Is Balak Savalja or is Evertok a Thorn Sock and either Cushions, Combatlish and Quidge Eladin Tyluk. Jane Quinn a little hook dirk in her altar, no little foot the gear. Tell a Ola Sherfoil like HSC Punkai, Tulslash Flu, or Imanox Nershervisha Slancha. Shrink your Christmas bill at Dunn Stores. Delicious free-range 4-kilo Irish turkeys are just $39.99. And incredible unsmoked centre-cut Irish ham is now just $13.59 for 2.75 kilos. That's 20% off. King prawn cocktail and oak and peat cold smoked salmon are just €6. Plus, with our 10 or 50 grocery voucher, you save even more. Dunn Stores. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used to next grocery shop of €50 or more. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.